HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Southern Farm and Garden, a beautiful handcrafted agricultural journal. Purchase a copy today at southernfarmandgarden.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Do you have a great idea to reimagine hospitality and make it a more equitable place? If you do, the Solution Sprint is for you. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. I am Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bites, the weekly show where we talk to influencers and innovators in the food tech space. And this is the last show of the summer season. Today is August 16th, 2018. It is episode 148. And we'll be taking a little two-week summer vacation and coming back on September 6th. So um, it's a little wistful. Um, I'm happy to have a great episode for the summer break and also an episode that gives you some potential homework projects and events to participate in in real life during the break. Joining us today is... Elizabeth Meltz, who is the co-founder of a newly formed group called Women in Hospitality United. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so quiet here. (laughs) It's much, much quieter than usual. And today when I was coming in um, on the L train, there was almost nobody in the station and on the train, which is so unusual. That is weird. Yeah. What do you think it is? I think it's summertime and I think everybody's in August. Mm -hmm. In August. So we are going to start this episode like we always do before we get into women in hospitality and their solution sprint. We will go around the container and talk about apps, favorite apps, new ones, old ones, whatever you're using a lot or particularly intrigued with right now. First up on the mic is the engineer for the show and Heritage Radio Network's studio manager, Dave Tatashore. Here I am up on the mic. (laughs) 
there you are riding the riding the control panel. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my app today is we're going back on the Dave Tat privacy train. Yes, I, privacy security. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I recently started using this app called KeePass. It's K E E P A S S, and um, I have it on my my computer at home and on my phone. It's basically a password manager app. So. The, one of the best things you can do to personally secure your digital life. Yes, I agree. How is it different from LastPass? I'm not sure exactly. I don't know what. Um, well, there know, are, the there's about more LastPass. than one. Key. I know that KeePass is free, and I'm not sure that LastPass is. Okay. So that may be a major difference. I believe LastPass is free also um, mm-hmm. for a minimum profile, and then you know as you increase, you add money if gotcha. you want different features and things like that. So yeah, it's great. I can I can randomly generate passwords for all of my logins, um, and they're complex. They're you know lowercase, uppercase symbols, just a random mix, and I don't even know what they are. I don't look at them. I don't want to look at them. And um, uh, but more interesting than that, I think is, and this is I guess applicable to any password manager that you use. Um, I read about this method of coming up with a master passphrase. So you still need to have like one master passphrase that allows you access to your your many, many other passwords. And I, I use this technique called diceware, where you like you use this word list and you roll a six-sided die uh, five times to come up with a number, and then you look up that number in the list, and it gives you just this random word from the English language. And you do that seven times, so you come up with a seven-word passphrase with very low what's called entropy um, or randomness. Wait, or high entropy? Low, high? High Entropy is like chaos. No? Yeah, so it's like very random, very chaotic. And that way, it's just, you know, impossible for a computer to figure that out. It's not working off any of your, like, it sounds personality like traits or preferences, any, any info that it, it knows about you. It's just a totally random it Sounds phrase. like the I Ching way to generate, Basically, like, passwords, yeah, yeah, it's just pa- like passwords, that. You it know? also sounds like you don't have time to do anything else if you're it doing sounds, that. Yeah, it sounds very <laughs> labor-intensive. It takes five minutes, really. Okay. Come on. Rolling the dice three times and recording it, It's not like a game of D&D. Like, it doesn't <laughs> last for days. Oh, Dave. Good reference Low from tech. the way back. Mm-hmm. Did you play D&D? Next question. <laughs> do you still play D&D? No. Do you plead the fifth? <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so I Ching dice rolling, password generating, but yeah. ultimately get to key pass. And you know, every article pretty much that you will read about how to protect your information and your identity online and in the world starts with a password manager for exactly these reasons. Um, and generating different passwords for all your accounts because one of the worst things you can do is have one password for everything that you haven't changed in seven years. Yeah. yeah, and this way it's easy to change because you don't even really know what the passwords are. It's just a random string of characters. and as Unless long as you, you're doing the I Ching and you're rolling the dice. Well, the master passphrase, yeah. Like, But I feel like that's pretty secure for a longer amount of time than your standard password. And just now you can match up passwords with the, with the two-step authentication and use your fingerprint also. I don't trust that. Wow. You don't trust that? Well, I will tell you we're going to have a show in September about using facial recognition. You know who you should have on the show? Damon Bolte from The Speakeasy. Yes. So his twin brother works for... Oh. Maybe I shouldn't say. I'll let him explain it. But uh, he works for a large tech company and they're that twins. is ubiquitous mm-hmm. in they our might. lives. 
They and might have something interesting to say about well, facial recognition being twins. Well, I can tell you that Damon used his face to unlock something on his brother's device. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I thought, well, Damon also has a highly stylized ZZ Top style <laughs> beard. And I thought you were going to say, suggest he come on the show for facial recognition because half of his face is covered by said beard. Mm. We mm. will investigate that. Elizabeth, do you have an app that you like right now? I do, and I'm very excited because I feel like it may not be one that's brought up before on the okay. show. We love that. We love new apps. Okay. It's called Migraine Buddy. Mm. Yeah. We have not had that on the Yay. show. Um, yes, so I suffer from migraines, and one of the things about migraines is figuring out what's triggering them, what's causing them, and this app is like super easy to use to track what triggered it, what you ate the night before, how long it lasted, what medicine you took, did it work? And it's... So are you using the app day to day to track the different things you're doing and then it has the recording when the migraine spikes or when the migraine spikes, then do you ba- it asks you questions to backtrack what when you When the migraine doing. spikes, I go in and I say, I just, either I can, I can do it retrospectively, like, oh, I got a migraine today at noon, I forgot, or I can do it right when I get it you know, write what I was doing at the time. It's not even just write. It's like little icons and it's got everything from what you might've been doing. Was it home? Was it work? Were you, you know, did you not sleep well? Did you drink the night before? Um, and it's great because one of the first things doctors will ask you is, can you keep a, a diary? And this is, this does it all for you. Has it revealed anything to you about potential cause and effect? Yes. So it's been successful. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Slowly but surely. Yeah. I'm really excited Excellent. about it. Well, keeping track of things is always helpful if anything, cause and effect, result-oriented in the physical space. Yeah, but it's not always easy. I feel like, especially with migraines, people, doctors are always saying, keep a journal of what you ate and what you did, but you just, you know, in this fast-paced world, it's hard to just pull out a notebook every time you eat or move. Or So true. The app helps. You could take pictures. That's true. With your phone. Yeah. That would be easy. I mean, if you just move to a digital space. But it's true that things are so impactful and... There's a lot of apps to keep records and track of just about everything that you do, which yes. is scary, but sometimes helpful. Well, and this one also makes me feel like I'm not alone. There's a whole app dedicated to migraine mm. sufferers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. Is there a community space where yes. you can connect with each other and which talk? Which I have not connected to, but I know it's it there. It makes you happy knowing they're there when you need yeah. them and they're waiting for you. Yes. Lying down in a dark room <laughs> with a wash cloth, cool cloth over their foreheads. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Very good. And yes, a new one to Tech Bytes. We love that. Um, so as I said at the top of the show, Elizabeth is one of the co-founders of a new group called Women in Hospitality United. Um, this is a side hustle project for her. She is actually the Senior Director of Environmental Health at Dig In, which we all know lots about. Women in Hospitality United, it's recently formed this year. It comes out of the Me Too movement in restaurant hospitality, and as different stories were breaking in the news, women wanted to get together and talk about what was happening and what they could do and um, what types of solutions they could have. And little by little, meeting by meeting, um, the group coalesced, and now they have a website, womeninhospitalityunited.org. They have social media, at Women in Hospitality, and they have their very first event, hoping to be a catalyst for actual change. Um, sometimes community organization, I mean, always community organization is wonderful, and it's great to get people together to share information and enthusiasm. But sometimes after you've shared your enthusiasm, 
what do you do next? How do you, how do you, you know, weaponize or monetize that enthusiasm to a focal point that can actually drive some sort of change? So the first thing that they've come up with is called a solution sprint, which is based largely on the hackathon idea, which we are, comes out of tech and software development. And it's an interesting idea for people to present solutions and then everybody gets down on them together in one, one rapid run to see what they can do. But I, I believe it's kind of the first time a tech-driven hackathon idea has been applied to something intellectual and behavior-based in any type of group. So I'll let you say, Elizabeth, you know, how was it that you all came to the Solution Sprint as your first project when there are so many things you women in hospitality could do while you're united? Well, that's exactly how we came to it. Like you said, um, we got together, we did a lot of talking, and there was a lot of desire to move towards solutions or, you know, we need a code of conduct. We need a mentorship toolkit. We need a pledge that, you know, a woman won't sit on a panel unless the number is equal. Um, but we were meeting for two hours a month and in two hours a month, it's hard to make any of those things come to fruition. And when you say we, these were primarily Manhattan based, but open to yes, there women was in any Anyone who identifies as female and is in the hospitality industry, and we really define hospitality quite broadly. I mean, writer, like food writers, uh, HR professionals, Publicists. PR people, exactly, mm. farmers, anybody. So actual restaurants and hospitality, and then all the ancillary adjacent exactly. businesses um, that support and work with hospitality. Yes. Okay. And as you know, hospitality people are like, let's get started. Let's hit the ground running. Let's get to work. And we're like, okay, great. What are we going to work on? And then all of these ideas that we just discussed came up and we said, all right, how do we move this from two hours a month to, an, to actually uh, launching one of these projects? And that's where we came up with the solution sprint. Well, a solution sprint is a really interesting idea, but it's not so obvious to me as a choice. I mean, it might be obvious to me because I spend time in the tech space and spend time, you know, sort of in the design thinking space. And when, when we talk about design thinking in this mm -hmm. instance, it's not about visual and art and graphic design. It's really about sort of the systematic, logical process of the way um, problems are solved in business mm -hmm. and technology. If you're interested in sort of a, an a easy-to-read baseline course on design thinking, there's a great book uh, by the IDEO founders, mm -hmm. which sort of lays it out and has a lot of good we have uh, an anecdotal IDEO issues. member on our board. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we would have uh, had her on the show, but she's in San Francisco, which makes it difficult for her to sit in the backyard of Roberta's Pizza. <laughs> but a, a, a hackathon style sprint solution is, is not one that would be, I think, a common idea or activity that's floating around the hospitality world. So how did you arrive at the idea to do a sprint? I have to give credit to our co-founder, Erin Fairbanks. She was the one who came up with the idea, but I think it was really just a coming together of all of this energy around what can we do, how can we do it, and not a lot of space in which to execute. Um, and, you know, in, a, in an organization that is generally there for the women, we believe women, we trust women, the the idea to build consensus around what we were going to execute. And so the sprint seemed like a good way to, to take a little bit of that, like, 
um, everybody has an idea, which one are we going to do, and sort of hone that energy and, and bring those ideas to light. Well, bringing ideas to light is something that we are very dedicated to here at Tech Bytes and on Heritage Radio Network. We are going to take a quick break uh, and hear from our sponsor to find out who is the generous entity underwriting this show that makes all these conversations and ideas coming to light possible. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Southern Farm and Garden, a beautiful handcrafted agricultural journal. Each issue features stories about food history, seasonal recipes, artisanal products, and the amazing people who bring it to your table. Packed with stunning photography, the content is fresh and educational. Southern Farm and Garden takes you behind the scenes to meet farmers, gardeners, wineries, chefs, and artists who are passionate about creating healthy, unique, and sustainable food and products that you can enjoy all year. Are you interested in eating healthier and learning more about where your food comes from and living a more connected life? Purchase a copy today at southernfarmandgarden.com. Foodtank.com named Southern Farm and Garden one of the top 20 magazines for people who eat, cook, and grow, praising it for connecting readers with the food, the farms, and the stories behind our food system. Subscribe today or find a retailer near you at southernfarmandgarden.com. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today that intersection is the Solution Sprint, which will be happening later this fall. Uh, put on by Women in Hospitality United. They're a newly formed group uh, based out of New York City, and their goal is to really reimagine hospitality and create solutions for a better, more equitable restaurant and hospitality industry. So we're talking today with Women in Hospitality United co-founder Elizabeth Meltz about the Solution Sprint. If you are interested in finding out more about this, WomenInHospitalityUnited.org is the website. On there, you will find information about the organization along with information about the solution sprint and how to apply. If you want to follow them on social media, it's at Women in Hospitality, everything spelled out. I think it's Women in Hospitality United. Yes, you are correct. (laughs) Women in Hospitality United. Very long. So let's talk about the steps that are going to happen to if people want to participate in the Solution Sprint and then how it's going to actually play out. Because it's kind of interesting, and my guess is that most of our listeners have never really participated in a hackathon, so it's kind of a new idea. The first step, I think, for people is to go to the website and take a look at the application. The deadline to apply is August 24th, so people still have time. Yes. What does the application look like, and what are you looking to hear from people? So interesting that you you mentioned most listeners maybe haven't 
participating in a hackathon because even if they have, this one is slightly different in that usually a hackathon is like, hey, we need a new app for how to order your coffee or we need something. And we're going to put all these people in the room and the forum teams and whoever comes up with the best solution to that will take the next step. Right. Or maybe... And, and a hackathon usually ends with a demonstration yes. of the prototype or the model of the Whatever software, app, platform, algorithm that they... Made. Exactly. Yeah. This is a little different in that we we believe that the solutions l lie with the women that are already either doing the work or out there on the front lines or in the industry. And so we want the ideas to come from them. We're not going to come out and say, we're, we want to hack the, the solution to this problem. We want people to tell us what the problems are, what the solutions are that they see, and what they think needs to change. So you can apply with an idea, whether that idea is, you know, I think we should bring, I'm a wellness instructor, and I think we should bring meditation to kitchens. Um, and you can apply as a team member. I'm a lawyer, I'm a designer, I'm a HR professional, and I have um, expertise. I don't necessarily know what the problem or the solution is, but I want to be part of this, whatever solution it is. So traditionally, creating a team for a hackathon or a group to work on the project, one of the ideas is to bring together people of multiple discipline backgrounds. Yes. So you maybe have someone who is a programmer, you have someone who is a you know, yoga instructor or wellness coach, you have someone who's a line cook, maybe yeah. someone who's a server, maybe someone who works in HR, maybe someone who's a designer. Yes. So you are interested in building a team of people who come from different diverse backgrounds. Diverse backgrounds so that you so can get So if you're listening, apply. <laughs> so people are able to apply on two fronts. Yep. One is I have this amazing idea that's going to change the world, and here's my idea. Or I have a lot of enthusiasm and time to give, and I have a very specific skill set, and I would like to participate on any team you would like to assign me yes. to. Or, okay. I mean, if you apply with an idea, you can also say, I have this great idea, but I'm not super comfortable being a team leader, so here's my idea, and I'll participate. So you get the option to say you want to lead or not. Um, and you can also say there's people I'd like on my team. Um, and if you're a team applicant, you can say I'd like to hack or solve or work on a problem related to X. So what is required of a team leader? Uh, the, team le the team leader will traditionally be the person who proposed the idea. We just wanted to give people who maybe have ideas but don't necessarily want to be the person to lead the team the option to have So their leading ideas. the team, that doesn't art does that articulate or manifest itself in activities or responsibilities day of? Yes. Just like keeping your team on track, project managing, being the vision, that kind of stuff. Okay. So people have the application. They apply on the 24th. Um, you have a panel of uh, people who are going to do the selection. Right. So we have a selection committee. Erin, um, Liz, and I will not be involved in that process. It will be blind. So we will take all of the the idea applicants, send them to our selection committee, and based on a set of criteria, they will rate them and choose the what we're thinking is probably five solutions that will move forward. What types of things will they be looking for? Um, we're looking for... What are the criteria? Right. Um, who does it impact? So, you know, as Aaron likes to say, is it bartenders on the Lower East Side? Is it women of color everywhere? Is it um, waitresses and servers in Detroit? Um, and, and none is better than the other. We just want to see, is it is it a broad scope, a small swath. Um, they will be looking at impact, you know, how, how well it can, the solution can be executed or change the course of hospitality. Um, there's, there's about five criteria that we have 
Okay. So then they will select five projects <coughs> and then notify people on September 10th. Yes. And the actual uh, solution sprint will take place this fall on September 24th at the Wythe Hotel in Brooklyn. Um, but leading up to that, you are going to have an information session about the sprint on August 22nd. Yep. Um, open to anybody who wants to come and hear about that. Yes. Um, which gives you enough time, which gives people enough time to, to go to the information apply. session and still apply. Do you have any, um, you know, kind of pie in the sky or left field ideas? Or do you have a sense of what you think is going to come together or something you'd really like to see? Are you going to apply? I don't think I can apply. That's a good question. Um, Could you apply blind as a, yeah. as a persona or yeah. avatar, maybe? As a, as a doppelganger for myself? Pen name? Yeah. A pseudonym. DBA, um, a DBA? <laughs> um, I, I mean, there were a few things that came up over and over again in the meetings, things related to mentorship, uh, hospitality culture, and accountability. So I would love to see something like that rise to the top, just because that's the thing I keep hearing over and over. Those are the things I keep hearing over and over again that people think we need. Um, but I really do love this idea of bringing wellness to the space. Um, I think there's uh, a lot of it, it was interesting because I was listening to your podcast with the women in tech. That's a great episode. Yeah. Good um, job. And I'll take a look at which number that is. But 99, that is, I think. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, it's three women CEOs and founders in the food tech space. Right. And they talk about access to capital, which is another thing that's come up a lot in hospitality, women in hospitality, getting access to that capital. So I have a little bone to pick with that, though. Mm -hmm. And I did two shows this year with Charlie O'Donnell, who runs the Brooklyn Ventures VC group. Mm -hmm. And I had an open call to live pitch Charlie on the air for money. And it was open call to anyone. The only requirements had to be that you be a New York City-based company. So Brooklyn mm -hmm. Ventures is interested in that. And you had to be available to be in studio for the live show to pitch live. It was sort of like a mini Tech Byte Shark yep. Tank. I love that. So we did it twice. The first one, I did not get a single woman founder send in a deck. Hmm. Not a one. And I could not believe it. I promoted it in a lot of women's groups on Facebook and in social media. I promoted it to, you know, women in the space that I know. And I will tell you, I did not get a single one. Right. I got a couple dozen entries and they were all men. So it, that sort of slightly changes my framing of women talking about no access to funds. Right. Because I didn't have a single woman show up to try and pitch and get the money. So I think that Women in Hospitality United would say that we're, we're trying to be in the business of burial remo barrier removal. And I would guess that there's another barrier somehow before even getting to that pitch that's keeping them from calling in or feeling like they can propose. And so maybe the, the sprint idea is how do, how do we get women the training they need to present those things or to feel like they are welcome at the table, whatever it is that... Well, I don't know how much more welcome you can be if I send you an email saying, hey, I'm right. looking for founders to come on my show. Is that you? Do you know anybody? Right. Please get in touch with me. I mean, outside of opening the door right. and creating an environment for people to do that, I was, I, it made me angry. I, I went I through like the seven stages. You know, I was like so surprised Denial, and like disappointed and I couldn't believe it. And like, what did I do wrong? And then I was like, now I'm just mad. 
I can see that. Yeah, because you can't get it if you don't show up. So don't complain to me that you're not getting money if you're not showing up to get the money. Yes, I would just look into what the barrier is to showing up. Or what the, I, I don't, I hear you, but I want to believe there's something we can do to change that. Yeah, there should be, because I, I feel like it was so easy and such low-hanging fruit that, I mean, they just had to send me a deck. Right. That's all. That can be your solution idea. Yeah. How to get women to show up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I created the opportunity and I invited people to come. Right. And it's sort of like, okay. I mean, other people were able to actualize it. Right. Anyway. We're also creating an opportunity. So you should come to the solution sprint. Apply. I possibly will. I've <laughs> gone to a lot of, you know, these different types of things in the food tech space. Right. I was um, talking to the audience. But oh, you should yeah. Come no, too. absolutely. <laughs> and this show is actually scheduled on the 16th and a walk through what, the process is like and what's happening so that the greatest number of people can yes. participate and send in solutions. Because even if your idea doesn't get selected for the solution, um, what are you going to do with all the other great ideas after you pick the top five in terms of going forward? I mean, you're going to maybe share ideas yes. or have a newsletter or do another one or... Right. And Women in Hospitality United has a meeting once a month. So in New York city. Yes. Um, we've done some in Brooklyn. I think the next one might, might be at hot bread kitchen, um, TBD, but, um, so a lot of those ideas will, will, can be workshopped or bounced around at those next meetings. And are you looking for people outside of the city? Yes. I mean, we, one of our advisors is Martha Hoover, who's in Indianapolis. Um, and we've got a few in San Francisco. So we're, we're definitely, we can pay for travel for people to come. We are trying to work on a fund for a day of missed wages. If somebody wants to come and can't afford to, you know, we want to make this as accessible to everybody, especially the people who we think might have the ideas that we are not sitting, they're not sitting in the room with us at these meetings. Um, so travel is encouraged, but we can't reimburse for travel. So how are you going to be getting the word out? Uh, we've been using a lot of social media, um, leveraging a lot of our amazing advisory board members, um, doing stuff like this. Thank you for having us. Um, and just trying to push that. I mean, even in our own workplaces, we're doing family meal talks. So going into restaurants and having a chat of family meal, we're doing one. Oh, that's an interesting yeah. idea. Tell, tell me more about that because we do have a lot of listeners who are, you know, restaurant owners, managers, restaurant staff, chefs, cooks, line cooks, bar folks. Yeah. We're just basically asking for 10 to 20 minutes of a, of a pre-shift or a family meal or whatever, whatever time of day you normally get your crew together to just tell people about it. Um, we're doing one at Sylvia's next week. Um, so if anybody has a pre-shift or a family meal and 10 minutes to spare and is interested, one of us um, will come in and talk about this. So who can apply? Um, and who can participate? Ideas uh, sh ideally will come from people. ideally, <laughs> or what's the ideas requirement? should. I hate using the word should. Um, well, I, I mean, it's it's a formalized event that has an application yes. and an entry process. So having criteria for application, I think, is normal. Yes. Ideas need to come from people who identify as female or women or gender non-binary. Um, team members, uh, the the world is your oyster. Anybody can apply as a team member. So. Women identified only as solution. 
suggestions. I mean, the whole and point, then participants anybody. is open. Yeah. The whole point of this is that we believe women have the answers. We believe in women and we want their, we want to hear their ideas. Uh, but men have a role. Everybody has a role in, in solving it. And everybody has a role in experiencing a detrimental, hostile, yes. aggressive environment. Everybody suffers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's interesting some of the um, some of the news stories that we're reading now, both in hospitality and outside hospitality, are things that are um, more focused towards uh, a broader, all gender based, yes, um, more subtle aggression in some ways. You know, uh, things involving men and women, and now we're starting to see some things where women are the aggressors. Yes. There's a New York Times story about a woman who's a uh, academic professor who is a feminist wow. who's being charged with um, harassment assault? of a student, mm. of a male student. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, certainly when you solve a problem for the hospitality industry, that's going to be problem solving inclusive for everybody. Yes. That's the idea. And the solutions and the ideas are not necessarily required to be women only. In, in the world at large? No, or? for the solution sprint. Um, again, we're asking that ideas be submitted by people who identify as female. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we've talked a lot about where do men fit in or, um, and I think the answer is just not yet. We're, we're right now we're trusting women. I was talking about the proposal of what the solution is. Like if you come up with a mentorship mm -hmm. program, you could come up with a mentorship program that's inclusive to anybody yes. who wants to participate. 100%. It's not just a mentorship for anyone Absolutely. who identifies as women. Right. I mean, a proposal for an idea could be a training program for men only. Right. That could be a solution. Because that actually might be it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> So there's a lot of different details and a lot of specificity in terms of the groups yes. and everything. So it's, it's good to have a, a sense of where the um, really focused requirements are right. and where the open-ended, open all things are possible right. areas are. And I think you sort of hit the nail on the head with that, that little rub there is exactly sort of what we're, we're dealing with is trying to be uh, open and inclusive to all ideas, but also trying to set some boundaries. And well, there's it, it, it actually prompted my thought when you said you were doing these family meal meetings, mm -hmm. which is a great idea. Thank um, you, Liz Murray, co-founder. And, you know, when I was imagining, you know, you going in to talk to, like, the crew at Roberta's, right. you know, before the staff meal, you know, we go on the air at 11 a.m., which is the same time that Roberta's opens. Mm -hmm. um, but when I'm here early getting ready for the show, I walk through the dining room sometimes and they are having their staff meeting. Yep. They're tasting wine. They're talking about the pizza specials and all of that. They're firing up the oven. So when I think about the people sitting around the table yeah. having that meeting, it's a very diverse, diverse. Yes. very, very diverse group. Yeah. Well, we want to reach them all. Have you had any interesting comments or questions or feedback? Um, I mean, I think similar to what we're discussing here is, is this sort of like who can apply, why, um, how are you trying to reach the people who maybe you're not reaching? Um, and we've been really mindful and intentional about trying to, to get to those people and to make sure that um, everybody is invited and everybody has a seat at the table. So all suggestions, welcome. So an interesting group for you to go out to also might just be the tech space. There may yeah. be somebody out there developing a software platform or an app, which is about 
I don't know, time yeah. management, community connection, you That's know, a, a workout, idea. what have you, that could simply be refocused or reskinned or applied to or maybe there's a former industry server specific who's in tech now who has the experience and then the know-how there are so many things that um, start in one industry and cross over and one of them we did a show i think last year on an app called jit jat joe yeah. which is for hospitality staff mm -hmm. but their intention is not to be hospitality specific they are starting in the hospitality space it's a great app if you're looking for a job in the restaurant space or if you are a manager looking to hire and you need some last minute replacements. It's a very interesting app where um, employees and workers fill out a profile and go through an interview process and are vetted by Jitjat Joe. And then they make themselves available for different categories of jobs. And then if you are, you know, the shift manager and you decide you have a, a you know, waiter or bartender or a line cook who can't come into work and you need to find somebody for a day or two, you do that and you can get somebody on demand. And it's really interesting um, and really one of the only companies of its kind, hmm. but their intention is not to be restaurant exclusive. Ultimately, their intention is to be provide the same on-demand service for hire and for you know workers across multiple and they started industries. with restaurants because it was easy or because that made was their... Made sense yeah. or that was their thing or everybody loves food. Yeah. So there may be somebody out there who's developed something. Absolutely. That and could be reapplied to restaurants. On a lark, I was also thinking, you know, I've had great experiences at SoulCycle, which uses a lot of technology and has a very hospitality-focused mindset. So I'm talking to someone there to see if they would like to participate. I think there's all kinds of expertise that could come to the table that is not strictly hospitality. Absolutely. Very interesting. So we'll be curious to see what pops up and, and we'll come back uh, and what, what's happening and how it's going. Um, you know, oftentimes you, you find and discover really interesting things. You know, the process of us, you know, of Tech Bytes doing the pitch shows was really an interesting one mm. because we did get a lot of different types of companies and applications and even some outside hospitality or outside restaurants and food, you know, some in the travel space. Wow. Some in the uh, very, very tech space, um, AI and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's interesting. And then ultimately, it just sort of broadens your visibility to different groups of people. But yes. I would, you know, I would take a look at some of the, you know, message boards for like the tech meetups and things like that, or maybe General Assembly. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, I did a great panel at General Assembly with um, more women CEOs and founders. It was a food tech Focus, mm -hmm. of course, as always. And um, it was a great, great panel discussion. And it wound up being a little over two hours. Wow. So I recorded it and broke it into two parts. And we aired it on Tech Bytes. It's episode 133 and 134. Hmm. So if you want to take a listen to that. But they have a very robust event Who was program. on the panel? We had um, Deepti Sharma from mm -hmm. Food to Eat. We had Cheryl Clements, who's uh, founder of Pie Shell, which is oh, yeah. fundraising. Mm -hmm. And we then we them. also had Crystal Mobiani, who's the CEO and founder of Bento Box. Oh, great. They, they've yeah. also, shout out to Bento Box, they built our website. Yeah. yeah. Bento Box is great. Yes. Fantastic. We've done a couple, we did an episode with Crystal earlier this year also. She's fantastic. So that might be another, yeah. you know, great, great space to look at because people in the tech space are typically... Yeah. 
into solving problems. <laughs> we need that. So to recap, if Women in Hospitality United sounds like your people, get in touch with them, William in Hospita- Women in Hospitality org. They're in social media at Women in Hospitality United. Um, all the information for the Solution Sprint is there. Maybe we will see you at the information session on August 22nd. If you are interested in following Elizabeth, and, you know, she's here as a co-founder of WhyHoo, WeHoo, WeHoo, WooHoo, WooHoo, WooHoo. We're trying to be less WooHoo and more WeHoo. Okay. <laughs> WooHoo's not bad. No, but, you know, it's a very, like... <laughs> hippy dippy we want to we want to focus we want to get shit done right? okay um you can get shit done while you're having fun it's true um if you want to follow elizabeth she is at elizabeth melts m-e-l-t-z and we don't have time to talk about it today but she has a very i mean give us the give us the quick synopsis of what you do in your day job because that is very interesting i do also. food safety and sustainability um, at dig in at dig in. Yes. I just started at dig in actually. Um, and the intersection of those two is fascinating. People often ask me like why food safety and sustainability, but, um, you really, they, they intersect quite, um, profoundly as far as new technology, speaking of technology, um, food safety, as far as what the health department will, will accept and new things that you want to do in the world of sustainability. Um, and just zero ways. I mean, it just, I could go on and on forever. It's a whole other show, but. It is a whole other show. <laughs> and maybe we can have you back. Yeah. And talk There's about that. There's lots of tech in that space. Mm-hmm. And for people who want to get excited about the fall season, we are going to do a show on blockchain. Oh, And gosh. blockchain applications for the food industry, which a lot of the initial um, applications that people are talking about are directly specifically about food safety and transparency in food product and where it comes from. And if it is actually what it's supposed to be. Frank Yannis, Y-I-A-N-N-I-S, I I believe, has Mm -hmm. done some incredible work on how blockchain is going to save food safety. We're going to try and do sort of a what is blockchain Mm -hmm. and how can it help the food world episode, sort of a blockchain 101, because 45 minutes is going to be tough to get it all in. I could probably do an entire season of Tech Bytes on blockchain. Yeah. I still don't understand it. Yeah. Well, that's why we're doing the show. I'm going to listen. You and lots of people. (laughs) Circle it. It's probably going to be coming in September. So I want to thank Elizabeth for joining us today. This was the last episode of Tech Bytes for the season, but that doesn't mean you can't listen to Tech Bytes over the next two weeks. We are always on demand at heritageradionetwork.org. We are powered by Simplecast, which means you can find us just about anywhere there are podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, everywhere. Subscribe. Leave us an amazing review Mm -hmm. and listen to some of these great back episodes. We have 148 of them for you. Tech Bytes is hosted and produced by me. I'm Jennifer Leutzi. We are engineered by Dave Tatashore. Our theme song, Nomad CPU Track, is by DJ Uptown Nico. We broadcast live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time from the backyard of Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in September.
Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.